Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. For exclusive podcasts and more, sign up at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. This week's... How's that? This week's Law & Order Marathon winner is Lisa McCarter of Tampa, Florida. Lisa will get a marathon decal showing she watched 26.2 hours of her favorite crime show. To be next week's winner, sign up at lawandorderpodcast.com. I'm Kevin Flynn with Rebecca Lavoie and Mary Phillips Sandy, and these are their stories. You think you know who did it, but you don't know who did it. Law & Order, Law & Order, Law & Order. It's no ordinary police procedural, baby. It's the FNOG of police procedures, baby. Law and order, law and order, law and order, law and order. These are their stories. These are their stories. Welcome to These Are Their Stories, the podcast about Network TV's most enduring crime franchise and the real-life cases that inspired their shows. I'm Kevin Flynn. Each podcast, we break down an episode from either Criminal Intent, SVU, or Original Recipe. And today, a very special quick turnaround episode. Yes. We're talking about last week's Special Victims Unit, Season 22, Episode 2, Ballad of Dwight and Irina. So, Irina's abusive boyfriend ends up electrocuted by a hairdryer in the bathtub. Kicking it old school. Joining me to do just that is true crime author and the host of Crime Writers On and Netflix's You Can't Make This Up podcasts, Rebecca Lavoie. Hello, Rebecca. Kevin, I'm so glad I took off my mask just in time to talk closely with you in a very small space. We got to talk about COVID. <laughs> we so got to talk about COVID. Rounding out our panel is our special returning guest, writer and podcaster, Mary Phillips Sandy. Hello, Mary. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me back. Now, your, um, your podcast, Let's Talk About Cats, you're on hiatus right now? Well, so here's the thing. I had planned to take a little break uh, in spring of 2020 after a great <laughs> a season A little break. Two. Yes. Yeah, I planned. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? Take a couple months, relax, work on some other projects, maybe bank a few episodes. And then, you know, there was a global pandemic and um, I had a mental breakdown. My child was suddenly at home all the time. Mm. And uh, so, you know, season three hasn't happened yet. But uh, that is not to say it won't. I never say never. to talking about cats. If ever there were a time to just talk about cats instead of the rest of the world. Truly. And that's the thing, honestly, like it is the guilt that will propel me because I still to this day get emails and DMs from people saying like, please, for the love of God, I want to listen to someone just talking about cats because there's too much (laughs) happening. Bring me some cat content. So, um, Mm. yeah, guilt is a powerful motivator for me. Mary, refresh our memories of all the franchises. Which two cops are your favorite detective team? Favorite law and order detective team. You know, I got roasted for this last time, but I love Benson and Amaro. And I, mm. I stand by it. Uh, you know, and I, I did also get some support for saying that. Um, I, I got a few messages from people who say, you know what, Amaro <laughs> is underappreciated. And uh, I believe he is. I believe he is. But I will say I am, I am, I, I am a big fan of Cat these days oh me too yeah. let's i talk love about, her let's talk about cat yeah let's do it yeah let's talk about oh my gosh does she have a cat what a great podcast idea spinoffs no but her name is cat you know her name is cat this is perfect you change the name of season three to let's talk about cat with a k I'll just talk about the character on svu no i love her i think she's great <laughs> i want to know how she keeps her hair so shiny um she's fabulous yeah <laughs> and who's your favorite prosecutorial team? Favorite law and order district attorney prosecutorial team. I mean, I mean, can anyone say anything other than Sam Waterston in this in this question? Like, is there <laughs> I mean, I was no. like Jack McCoy is a member of my family, basically. Hmm. I like I, I identify with him as, I don't know, like a grandfather or uncle. I mean, you know, but again, I'm coming around to uh, to Carisi. I I I think it's interesting the progress that we have seen as he has moved up in his career, and I think that's something that really showed up in this episode that we're about to talk about, sort of how his personality has changed. And I'm really curious to see how that's going to continue in season 22. Do you have a favorite pairing with McCoy? You know what? I I, I have eyes only for Jack McCoy. That's, that's, that's <laughs> okay. The truth. That is the truth. I mean, truly, I I want, some of my earliest childhood memories are sitting 
in the living room with my parents, listening to them talk about how awesome Jack McCoy is. And so, yeah, yeah I mean, because they're both attorneys. They're, my, my dad's a defense attorney. My mom used to work in a prosecutor's office. And so, you know, it was all Jack McCoy all day. That's, yeah, that's it. in her blood. It's in her blood. It is, it is in my blood. <laughs> all right, now let's take a look at the first half of this episode, SVU, season 22, episode 2, Ballad of Dwight and Irina. What a fucking pretentious name for an episode. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so we see long-haul trucker Dwight Wagner driving his rig right into Irina Nowak. Uh, he's the father of her young daughter, Leanne, but not, as he says, that fruit tart of a son, Will, ah. who he grabs hard by the arm and accuses him of theft of his savory-cured breakfast meats. Mm. Amanda and Kat get a call about a boy with bruises, so they head to his home and find Irina on the floor with a head wound. Irina Nowak, her son Will, is from her ex, and she's got a six-year-old with her trucker boyfriend, Dwight Wagner. He's a good old boy. He came in all hopped up. I sent him downstairs to vape. What about the kids? The school's holding them. Okay, good. Kat, see if you can get any more out of Will Rollins. You take Dwight. At the hospital, she tells Olivia she just passed out and hit her head. She also refuses to say that Dwight hurt her son. Will says he got the bruises from some school kids. His dad, Mark, Irina's ex, is a cop and says Dwight's just bad news. There are plenty of noise complaints there for arguing, but no accusations of any actual domestic violence. Meantime, Finn, who's being deposed in a lawsuit for last season's shooting, returns to the squad and responds with Liv to an emergency call at Irina's apartment. They find Dwight was killed when a hairdryer fell into the bathtub. Mm. Mm. Uh, Irina's lawyer says that the death was an accident. She insists Will was at his father's house, and the cop backs him up. But when he hears that his mom is going to be charged for the death, Will confesses that he was there, and he threw the dryer into the tub. Mm. Well, okay, so we know that the sex has to be really bad based on the all the grunting and slamming. What? Don't you remember <laughs> how that scene opens? We see a shoe and a bra. Uh, I've been thinking about that since the Mason Dixon line, though. And then... He takes a hit off his vape. Yes, that's when, yes. That's when you know he's a, he's bad news. That was it. I didn't need to hear anything else. I knew this was the bad guy <laughs> and something bad was going to happen to him and he was going to deserve it. Hmm. Not even the courtesy of, was it good for you? <laughs> yeah, just the vape. Just going right to the vape, yep. The vape. And like no shame about the kids walking in just like meanness. Mom, I'm hungry. I'll be right out, sweetie. I'll put the fruit tarts in the toaster, Ma. The hell are you doing? Shut the damn door. I mean, come on. Just be a little bit embarrassed. Have a little bit of shame. (laughs) At least pretend. At least pretend to be embarrassed. (laughs) Mommy was just giving Daddy a back rub. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, don't these doors have locks? I mean, well, I guess, you know what? I will say, if if I can digress for a quick second, a thing that always excites me as a resident of New York City is that opening screen, the title card, where you see the address, right? And you think, oh, where is it? This address happens to be just a few minutes from where I live. Um, wow. Congratulations. Yes, Thank you. Well, and it's funny because Kat refers to it as Fort George, which is... Right. That's way of, uptown. Okay. That's bullshit. It's Washington Heights. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. And this is like, I mean, I've lived here for years and I have seen it. There's like Hudson Heights now and Fort George and all of these things that like real estate agents are making up. It's Washington Heights. It's a different <laughs> part of Washington Heights, right? It's not the part I live in exactly. But when they said pre-war building with bad wiring, and I know I'm jumping ahead, I related to that so hard because I also live in a pre-war building with bad wiring and it caught on fire a few years ago and we all had to evacuate. So wow. Wow. she felt seen. Well, minor thing in the basement, <laughs> minor thing in the basement, you know, met a lot of nice firefighters in the neighborhood, but all of that rang true to me in a in a really personal way. Hmm. Mm, which is why she showers and stuff. This, is why, yeah. she, this yeah. is why she got upset about the bad address. This right. is, yeah. That's the kind of detail that bothers me in SVU yeah. too. And it happens all the time. So Dwight grabs Will at the breakfast table and nearly hits him because he accused him of stealing his bacon. More? Ow. You little thief. Guys, what's going on? He ate all my damn bacon. And that's when Will comes up with the greatest alibi, which is... I don't even eat bacon. I'm a vegan. That's right. <laughs> Case closed, Your Honor. <laughs> Move to dismiss. That is airtight. You know what doesn't make a lot of sense? What? COVID in the land of SVU. Oh, my oh. God. Okay, it's 2020, yeah. and there is COVID, and they're not going to pretend in this universe that there isn't. Which but, is good. Yeah. Sure. But I have to say, 
I'm really confused about how people are wearing masks. Oh and then taking them off, and then putting one, one of them's got one on and one of them doesn't, or they're stopped to talk and they both take it off so you can see them talk. They're in a hospital? And they're literally in a hospital? Yeah. And they take it off again? Like, at the one place, like, you want to wear it, it's the hospital. Right. It gives me anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. And the one situation in which you want to wear it is when you're talking to somebody face to face. I mean, you could imagine a situation in which somebody comes in from outside or isn't wearing a mask and they come into a room to talk to somebody. and They're like, oops, I forgot to put on my mask. Mm-hmm. They're doing the opposite. They're walking in hall, they're walking outside with masks on and then walking into places and immediately taking them off. Mary, there's this scene where Kat goes to talk to the school nurse. Mm-hmm. I should have called before. So this has been going on for a while. Worse now with the pandemic. Not just him. Lots of these kids stuck at home, stressed, no one to look out for them except the ones doing the abusing. And the school nurse is wearing not only a mask, but has one of those face shields. I, I, yes. And she's talking to Kat, a complete stranger, and the face shield is all the way up and the mask is off. <laughs> Why bother putting them on at all? Who are you afraid of? I mean, was she really a school nurse? What if she was an imposter? What if that's a mm. little uh, Easter egg for us? No, I mean, it is absolutely insane to see things like that. And, you know, as someone who, you know, has to try to remind their kid to put on the mask all the time, it's like you're not setting a good example for the children svu children shouldn't be watching svu oh, but all right we love, that's true that's true i guess i guess i should maybe not do that okay well, i get you know that there's a balance production wise between wanting to set the example and create some sort of uh, contemporary realism yeah. with the pandemic and having an actor be seen and heard when he or she right. delivers mm-hmm. their lines mm-hmm. But it is distracting. Yeah. Yeah. In a way, you know, it's like I don't. Ugh. I have a question. Yeah. Is it more distracting to acknowledge COVID and then just totally flout any like sensibility and rules by taking off your mask all the time or to not acknowledge COVID and be obviously acting in scenes with mannequins like they're doing on oh, Old no, and no, Beautiful? This, this, <laughs> no, 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 no. I would much rather all the detectives turn their mouth cover and talk like that. they be mannequins? Because it'd be real and they could take it off when they go back to the you know, the squad room. We'll pretend Absolutely. that that's like a, you know... A safe zone? A safe zone. A COVID-free zone? Because people I mean, in the background are just washing, rubbing their hands together like they just got some Purex. <laughs> well, I mean, haven't you guys found that if you watch, you know, episodes of Law & Order or anything else from the before times, it's it's a little bit jarring? Like, oh... Oh, so weird. They're all in a restaurant? What are they doing? They're just sitting yeah. there eating in a restaurant? You know, it, it, it doesn't... Stop hugging. Yeah. <laughs> Stop you got right up in that guy's face. Get your hand out of that dead guy's mouth. It pulls <laughs> me right out of the story. Um, so maybe there's really no winning here. I guess it, it's it's a tough choice, but I, I guess I wish they would just go stronger with the masks and commit to it because that's yeah. what the rest of us have to do. So Dwight denies hurting either uh, Irina or Will, but he says, "You know, back home, it's legal to beat your wife on something. You can look that up, and you can look that up." So like the rest of America, I looked that up. What did you find out? I found out there is a town in West Virginia where it is legal to beat your wife on Sunday on the courthouse steps at noon. What? Yeah. Um, You know, it's like this is. Do people do that? God, I hope not. This is this sounds, Mary, like one of those like old timey laws, like you can't bring a horse to church that right. somehow got on the books and just no one ever bothered to take it off, even though it's 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 probably overridden by other laws that exist about assault yeah. at this point. I would have to assume. I mean, I, I actually I have a friend from uh, who's originally from West Virginia. I haven't talked to her about this episode yet, but man, if I were from West Virginia, I think I'd be a little bit offended by mm. uh, the the portrayal of. West Virginian um, uh, morals, if you will, that were that were shown here uh, it, through Dwight. It, 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 this was not a West Virginia thing. This was a him thing. I think mm-hmm. is what is what we need to remember. I think they have as many shootings on courthouse steps in West Virginia as they have in New York and the SVU universe. Oh my God! Mm. They, the <laughs> most dangerous place in New York is the courthouse steps. You know that. <laughs> Don't give that press conference. Don't give that press conference. It, you know, to quote Finn about optics. I want to know how many town meetings over the years have they had this and no one has ever brought up, no, <laughs> let's take this off the books yeah, now. Yeah, probably a good yeah. idea. I mean, years and years. <laughs> they probably meet every Tuesday at seven. Right. And no one said, uh, can we go back to some unfinished business? Or, or best case scenario, maybe the SVU fandom gets together and lobbies this town in West Virginia to make the change, yes. even if it's symbolic, right? Even if it's not necessary for the enforcement of, of actual law. But, you know, do it for the do it for the for the example you will set. Right. And maybe yeah. that's something that 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 the SVU uh, fans in West Virginia could could spearhead. 
Yeah, but you know no one's wearing a fucking mask in that town either, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. So we have a couple of Hey, It's That Guys. Hey, it's that guy. Uh, who is the dude playing Dwight Wagner? Our vape-loving, long haul <laughs> trucker. Child beater. <laughs> Willie's a run. The other kids push him around. I try to teach him how to fend for himself. No idea. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, that's Christopher Casarino. Uh, he's had recurring roles on New Amsterdam, on NBC, and Apple TV's The Right Stuff. Shows uh, that no one is watching. <laughs> well, you got to get Apple TV. So if you've, once you've stopped watching The Mandalorian, there's nothing left that's to right. watch. That's but, right. You're still paying for that thing. You yeah. may as well start the right stuff. Yeah. Apparently that's supposed to be a good one, um, though. Uh, he was born and raised in Milford, New Hampshire. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. he's a Spartan. Is that the Milford mascot? Yeah, thank God it's not one of those Indian mascots. <laughs> exactly. You have to go, oh, Native God. American. Native American. Indigenous people, Kevin. Oh, Jesus. God. Yeah. By the way, most actors, as you know, wait tables. Yes. But Christopher, for 10 years, he was a chef. Huh. Really? That's a... Yeah, Mary, you probably don't run into a lot of uh, actor chefs in New York. Well, I will say I there are a lot of actors and uh, creative uh, film TV industry people in Washington Heights here. Like one of my son's best friends, his mom is a, is a makeup artist. But I have met people who have you know, very, you know, it's like, well, I was on Broadway, but now I'm doing, you know, I'm teaching something. You know, it's, it's yeah. y- you do what you got to do. And it's, um, I, I think being a chef sounds like as hard as being an actor. So that's pretty impressive that he's succeeding at both. Jevar, hey, it's that girl. Hey, it's that girl. Can you tell us who is playing Irina? Mary, do you know? Yes. Can I talk about Ricky Lindholm? I love her so much. Yes. I, I, need, I need to get my kids. No, no, your kids are at school with a detective. I'm a good mother. I would never let anything happen to either of them. Uh, she's one half of the comedy duo Garfunkel and Oates. And yeah. um, amazing comedian, comedic actress. She was in this show um, a few years back called Another Period with Natasha Leggero that is hysterical. Yes. I loved it. Um, it. Takes place like in the early early 1900s, and they're yeah, it's Downton Abbey sort of. Yes, yeah. yeah, but they're yeah. It was billed as Downton Abbey meets uh, Keeping Up with the Kardashians, and it was so <laughs> funny. I was really excited to see Ricky in this role, doing such an incredible job with such a dramatic, over the top, painful, suffering type of character. Um, give her the awards, cast her, and everything. I'm a huge fan. Yeah, she's funny, but she was not funny in this episode. No. <laughs> she was a great dramatic actress. They made her look all haggard and terrible, which, I mean, she's a yeah. very beautiful person. I, I mean, kudos to the makeup team. Um, so, yeah, I, I was really, really psyched when I saw her. I was like, wait, is that, that's Ricky Lindholm. Oh, my gosh. Mm. She won so many times on At Midnight. She won so many times. Yes. You know what else she won? In 1997, she won the JFK Library's Profile in Courage Essay Contest. Really? Wow. Yeah, she wrote how Lindsey Graham had a backbone of steel and would always be a stand-up man. No, she didn't. No. No, she... <laughs> Nobody ever wrote that. <laughs> Do you know what she wrote about? No, I don't know what she wrote about. <laughs> we should ask her. Yeah, we should yeah, we'll her <laughs> Uh, here's her personal quote. I got this from IMDb. This is a tribute to her. Beige curtains. Nothing wrong with them. You're not like, ew, gross, beige curtains. You just don't notice them either way. They're just like, fine. <laughs> Which is like Peter Gallagher as Chief Dodge. You're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> fine. Wow. He's no Profaci. Oh, Profaci. I love Chief uh, Gallagher. I do. Peter Gallagher. Yeah. Da- Peter Gallagher. I do too. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I love his eyebrows. I, mean, I was just going to say, the character the scene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who's the actor playing Joel's soon to get one third attorney uh, who is uh, given no name in the episode, just the attorney doing the lawsuit? You came to his home, you inserted yourself in their domestic situation. Andre, frightened that you were going to hurt his father, rushed to his dad's side, right? I don't know. He's been on before. I, as soon as I saw him, I was like, that guy has been on this show before multiple times. Yes. I don't know his name, but I feel like I saw him a few years ago playing someone. That's as far as I got, but I know I've seen him before. That actor is Jason Kravitz. Four Law and Order Universe appearances, playing creepy jerks since 1994. (laughs) That's it. That's it. Yeah, one-offs and a lot of different things as a schlubby guy or a jerky guy. Uh, Sexual harasser. He played Richard Bay on The Practice. That was his recurring Mm -hmm. role a long time ago. I remember The Practice. Dylan McDermott. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I just remember the neckties have these huge knots. Yeah. They were like, is that the new fashion? Yeah. Uh, who's the medical examiner who testified at trial? Oh my I don't gosh. know. No, I don't know. I mean, was he blow drying his hair while taking a bath? 
That would be highly unlikely, given the room geography and tub position. Uh, that's the actor Frank Wood. Uh, made his screen debut on The Mothership back in the early 90s. Three other Law & Order Universe appearances. You've seen him in The Night Of, The Nick movies, the movies Michael Clayton, 13 Days, and oh. Joker. Well, I guess Rebecca didn't see Joker. Nope, never going to see it. What's it about? White male rage. <laughs> <Yeah>. White male <laughs> rage. <laughs> Another guy with one of those faces. He is the uh, brother of U.S. Senator Maggie Hassan of New Hampshire. Shut what? up. That's that's his Senator brother. Senator Hassan? Yeah. Our old friend, Senator Hassan. Maggie. Hi, Kevin. Senator Hassan? Senator you No, you're doing Gene Shaheen. No, I'm doing... <laughs> Maggie Hassan. Maggie Hassan. Hello. Gene Shaheen is like this. Innovation. Maggie Hassan is like this. <laughs> Gene Shaheen is lovely, by the way. Hi, yes. Kevin. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Who's playing uh, Irina's misogynistic lawyer, Calabrese? My client was in a fragile state of mind. The stress of seeing her son at the defense table. Are you saying that she perjured herself on the stand? He was another guy. He was another guy yeah. that I was like, you have been on this show at least four times before. I know it. Actually, nine long <gasps> universe, nine. Wow. universe appearances. That actor is Danny Mestro Giorgio. Not even close. Did I get it right? No, it was good. It was good? Yeah, right. it sounds good. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how to pronounce it, but that's how I would pronounce yeah. it. Yeah. So you've seen him on Billions and on Gotham. Uh, for two seasons, he was on the CBS show Instinct, and he played Dr. Anthony Fauci. Shut up. No. Oh, no, I read that wrong. It's Detective Anthony Fucci. No. <laughs> it's too bad he wasn't Fauci, because he could have gone on the set and tell everyone to stop taking off their fucking masks. <laughs> So Dwight is killed Agatha Christie style. Uh, someone dropped a blow dryer in the tub. First off, bullshit on the guy ever getting in a bathtub. Mm, I don't right. think he ever bathed. <laughs> no. <laughs> just like, I just need a day to soak yeah. in the tub. Yeah. Um, so they are selling the idea that the right combination of old building wiring and old hair dryer could get this to actually happen. And the ME confirms cause. It was an old model blow dryer. Pre-war building with faulty wiring, manner not yet determined. First off, I want to know, how old did this hairdryer have to be? Mm. Did did she get this from her grandmother? Was this yeah. like a family heirloom that got passed down? It could have been vintage, right? It mm. could have been like some sort of antique, maybe from a flea market. I don't know, guys. I don't own a hairdryer, so I'm really actually not very well versed in hairdryer technology. Um, I remember when I was a kid, my mom had a hairdryer, and I was always told not to get it wet. So mm. yeah, there must be some truth in it. Even your mom knew. But every yeah. like hairdryer type bathroom appliance has a little button on the plug right. that automatically trips if it shorts out. Right, unless and it's old enough. Exactly, and those hair dryers would have burnt out a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it smells like burnt hair from the Eisenhower administration. <laughs> she was the kind that's like a big helmet, and they just like pushed it into the tub. <laughs> no, you saw it. It was small. It didn't look like a like an ancient hair dryer. That was the thing, right? It mm. looked like a hair dryer you'd see. I mean, again, I don't know. I'm I, I'm really in the dark when it comes to hair dryers, but because um, I don't, I'm not big on grooming these days. But um, yeah, it, it, it seemed it seemed like the kind of thing where I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And then I, later I was like, is it? Does it make sense? Does it actually? I don't know. Well, they pan the camera over, like when the detectives come in, see the hair dryer, and it's plugged in, and it's plugged into this pile of outlets it mm. looks like the old man's christmas tree from christmas story <laughs> <laughs> like you just like you can just see imagine the sparks coming off of that yeah yeah there is a b plot line Ugh. uh in the show where we see finn at the deposition for the lawsuit filed by uh, joelle fuller man if you're ever scared about anything call me now, if you didn't remember last year's season finale, they did a good job of setting it up at the beginning of the show. And that's when Finn took a shine to this boy, Andre, who saw his father rape his mother. And Andre called Finn to say that the dad, his name is Leon, was back. And when he got to the apartment, Leon had taken Andre hostage at knife point and uh, Finn shot him. So Finn is there while the lawyer is grilling Joel. Isn't it true you wanted Leon out on parole? So he'd have to pay child support? What I, I didn't want. I didn't want my son to watch his father get shot and bleed out on the kitchen floor. 
Doesn't it seem like the city is suing them? Yeah, it's weird. It's yeah. super weird. And the other thing that's really bothersome about it is that, first of all, I mean, if I remember this correctly, it was an okay shooting, right? The guy was threatening a child, right? It well, was, yeah. I mean, as okay as shootings can be, I mean, I still am of the opinion that they should not teach him to shoot center mass, leg maybe, but whatever. But uh, when Liv says... Everything is being looked at through a different prism now. Obviously, she's talking about Black Lives Matter. And obviously, that seems to mean, yeah, we don't actually care that you shot a person, but people care now. People yeah. care. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, it, if, if nobody were paying attention, this would be just, you know, no big deal. But because everybody <laughs> is gone on Twitter now, we got to rethink our policies, which, man, that seemed really cynical for Liv. They're like, Finn, remember the four other times in this show where you killed people and nobody really cared? Including where you killed two unarmed robbers at a convenience store and were hailed as a hero in season seven? (laughs) Things have changed. Things have changed. Here, let me take my mask off so I can talk to you about it. (laughs) When she points out the fact that things are different... You know what he says? It is what it is. Yeah. You know what that is? Sweet wisdom from Finn. (laughs) (laughs) Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. All right, now let's take a look at the second half of this episode. Irina is now trying to convince the detectives Will wasn't there. So Carisi doesn't know what to do. Carisi, you going to charge this kid? I'm sorry, do I have a choice? He just confessed. He's 14. He was bullied by Dwight. Self-defense, maybe. Not unless he was threatened in the moment. And his mother's got to confirm that. She's still saying it was an accident. And that is coming from her ex-husband and her lawyer. And in case you haven't noticed, Irina does what men in her life tell her to do. She asked me, she did it, and she's letting her son take the fall. Because five-year-old Leanne just can't keep her fucking mouth shut. <laughs> uh, she tells Kat that Dwight and Irina were yelling in the bathroom before, quote, daddy's accident. Mm. Creasy gets a visit from Dwight's pregnant West Virginia wife who wants to know who killed him. Well, shit, if he knows. Mm. Seems Irina's lawyer has left her with the impression that if Will's convicted for Dwight's death, he won't go to jail. Creasy says, oh, yeah, I'm going to charge him as an adult and send him to prison. Will tells Carisi that Dwight threatened to hurt him and Irina after his bath, so he acted first. But since he wasn't actually getting out of the tub, he really can't claim self-defense. Well, if this is all a bluff to get a parent to talk, it's going really far because they've already got all the way to the plexiglass and case jury, and they want some testimony. Yeah. So on direct examination from Irina, she cracks and says, no, she killed Dwight. In a conference room, she tells Liv and Sonny that Dwight was taunting Will, daring him to drop the hairdryer in the tub. Instead, Irina intervened, knowing that Will would never do it, and she threw in the blow dryer herself. After finally getting rid of her dick lawyer, she agrees to a deal that would drop charges against Will and give her one year in prison. Meantime, Finn, Amanda, and Kat are having drinks in a bar, (laughs) for Christ's sake. Uh, And he says that the city settled the lawsuit for $2 million to avoid more bad press. Finn laments that he became the one thing he didn't want to be, another trigger-happy cop who takes out a black man. Hmm. Hmm. All right, I would just say sort of in general, this was just an okay episode of SVU. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, it wasn't terribly great. Uh, I think that they really picked things up in season 21 and had been kind of kind of middling along with Stone and everything like that. And I think that last season was actually pretty good, even though it was somewhat shortened by yeah, world sure. events, I thought. Yeah. There were actually some good episodes. Yeah. I remember watching last Warren year. Warren Light is like, back on the stat, and I think that yeah. makes a big difference. I remember yeah. last year, we'd be watching SVU, which we do. We love it, but we also watch it sort of ironically. And sometimes an episode would finish, we'd be like, that was actually pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Not a lot to laugh about. But there wasn't anything in this one either. I mean, it was just okay, but there also wasn't anything um, like that was distractingly crazy except for the mask stuff. Like usually in an SVU episode that's just okay, there's something that you can like point to and be like, what is going on with that? The only thing I can think of that's close. Why? And maybe you could explain this to me. Some legal machinations that I missed. 
why is Irina throwing her kid under the bus for this killing? <laughs> like she just says over and over again, like she's fine with him taking the blame. Yeah. And she's sort of like, what's well, going on with that? Or did Mr. Calabrese convince you to let your son do the time? No, no he won't go to jail. He's 14. Irina, hold on. Is, is that what you told her? Is that why she's not talking? You're forcing my hand. What does he mean? Well, I think that Arena's lawyer, and they they dick hinted face, this lawyer, dick, dick face, face yeah, yeah uh, told her, "Well, it's okay. Let him let them charge him because, you know, he's a kid. He's never going to go to jail, and this all goes away." She has been manipulated by men over and over again. Yep, yep. Dwight, her ex-husband, this lawyer, who by the way snaps his fingers in her face yep. to keep her, wow. you know, silent. Yeah. Uh, now, but I still ha- I still wonder though, for a woman who can't afford a modern hair dryer, <laughs> how does this lawyer that she didn't even ask for appear? I don't know. I was wondering that. Like, was he a court appointed lawyer? I mean, how did that happen? Well, no, because she wasn't arrested. Will oh, was. Oh, that's right. That's right. right? Will, Will was. So why would she have a lawyer? I don't know. <laughs> she doesn't even have a circuit breaker on the hair dryer. She doesn't even know that Dwight has another wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I will say, I think, you know, I do think that props to SVU for this. They, they and in their own ham-fisted way, they bring it out, you know, the, the cycle of abuse and trauma that can happen and how that really can fuck up your brain. And I think that's that's what we were seeing with her. And I'm I'm glad they articulated that. I think it, it was, you know, uh, made abundantly clear in many, many ways so that you really couldn't miss the point. But, um, you know, it's SVU. And I, I think also the kids in this in this episode they were great. I, I do think that the child actors, you know, sometimes the kid actors that they have on SVU are just so unbelievable, um, you know, in terms of either being completely clueless or way too precocious. And I, I felt like these kids, they, they felt they felt about right to me. I don't know. I don't know what you guys think. Well, for vegans, I thought. They yeah. Were and kids who believe that daddy's in heaven. <laughs> daddy's in heaven. Daddy went to a farm upstate. <laughs> <laughs> How difficult is it to get that kid to take a bath now? Oh. Never again. <laughs> Never again. Uh, so when they get to COVID court, first of all, you know, you know, I hate talking about visual things that you can't see on the podcast, but basically RBG had been reincarnated as this judge. Yes. She's yes. got the lace doily around yep. her neck and the glasses. And then they've got high panes of protective plexiglass everywhere around the tables. They've separated each juror like they're an egg in a box. Uh, and then the on the witness stand, they have a piece of glass, but it only comes up about as high as <laughs> the chin. About the chin, right? As if the mouth and nose are not the actual thing that they're putting the plexiglass there for. It looks like you know a teller at the bank, right? You're just going to yeah. go on up and it's 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 real good protection from the chin germs. That's a that's a good thing, I guess. Yeah, no, it's it's ridiculous. And then all of the people, you know, in the in the hallways, the background shots, there are people without masks walking around. I mean, what? I, yep. I don't know what. The actual protocols in New York City courthouses are, but God, I hope it's not this. But what do they do at like cross examination? Do you remember thinking that your son had murdered Dwight? Objection. Greasy and the other lawyer walk right up to the witness. That's right. With that yeah. stupid little piece of plexiglass. That's like, right. Yeah. This is the whole thing we're trying to avoid. Right. Yeah. It's like there's no need to come up and get in his face. Remember when we were growing up? Uh, in hockey rinks, the plexiglass didn't used to go as high as it went. Oh, yes. So sometimes yes. players would like fall Come over into the, the side. Stands. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. This was like an 80s hockey rink courtroom. Like, <laughs> no regard for anyone's safety. Just like a pretense show of caring about it, but not really. So for a whole two episodes in a row, our characters are struggling with the new reality that, well, police aren't as well-liked as they used to be. We have to be accountable. <gasps> be accountable. <laughs> Look, and, and since... In in the scene sort of at the end where each character expresses a different point of view. Now the lines are blurred. Half the city looking at us like we're the bad It was an impossible summer. Things are going to calm down. Yeah, I don't see that happening. The way the NYPD handled the demonstrators. You're under attack. What do you want us to do? Sit there and take it? We're supposed to de-escalate. We're supposed to be aware of our bias, not overreact. It's like shoot a man in front of his son. Look, growing up in the hood, the way the cops treated us, I never trusted them. Everybody's covered politically, right? Well, you got a blue state represented and the red state represented and everything. First of all, I can't believe Finn is still starting stories with growing up in the hood. Yeah. <laughs> is there no longer a hood? Well, and don't they know him well enough by now that they know where he grew up? I mean, exactly. have to yes. <laughs> my name, my name is Detective Tutuola, by the way. And uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's uh 
That's what I did, yeah. You dress too well to be from the hood. <laughs> it's like a person who went to Harvard who can't help but tell you every five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Street cred for Finn, yeah. What do we think about Finn's long character art? Because, look, he starts off, he comes in, season two, he's sort of street or street adjacent. He wears <laughs> chains. Yeah. He, he knows all the latest party drugs. You never forget that this is Ice T just reading words he memorized. But <laughs> over the years, right, he's gotten really good. Yes. And just by just sort of being the senior SVU detective. Yeah. And not that, you know, the all oh, the, hey, that's messed up guy anymore, right? But as a character, Finn's racial identity for the audience has never been really complex. Right. Right. Until now, because well, of situation. Um, it has been complex when he has like had to serve as the unfortunate like black translator for the audience. Well, he'll when that, I remember the episode about the down low where he was like in the black community, we call it the down low. So I'm really glad that he's no longer uh, being put in a position where he's doing that. Where he's like, as the token on the show, I'm going to tell you white people that X. Like he's not having to doesn't have to do that anymore. And so they've given him other things to do that don't have to do with his race, which makes him a much better character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Ice T himself is very outspoken in real life, but as far as the character Finn, does our national audience want to see Finn as pro cop or pro black or something in between? I mean, I think the reality has got to be really complicated for him. And that's what I hope the show can lean into and not have it be, you know, and let him struggle. I mean, I think that would be the thing that I'd want to see because that would feel honest for who he is. And I think that one of the things I love about Finn as this character is there's always stuff we don't know about him that he alludes to, like his pandemic girlfriend, right? Like there's always stuff going on in the background that we're never quite sure about. And that kind of gives him this sense of like, wait, what? 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 (laughs) And and I, I feel like there's there's probably a lot of things that he might not want to talk to his colleagues about necessarily. Yeah. So like is is there a way that we can explore that aspect of his identity and his character and his difficult and conflicted feelings about this profession that he clearly loves as well as the political realities uh, in a way that's as complex as it deserves to be. Now, I, will that happen? I, I, I don't know, but um, that would be my hope, I think. I don't want to have it come down to him and Rollins sitting in a bar and her being like, well, cops are good, and him, him being like, well... You know, uh, uh, I'm black. It is I what mean, it like, is. Yeah, like, <laughs> that, that doesn't that doesn't really that doesn't really make anybody feel uh, feel seen or heard. I think without saying like what it should be, and because I you know I have no standing as a white man to dictate how a black fictional character in 2020 ought to be represented, but I think the complexity of it ought to be there, hmm. and it ought to be dealt with in sort of a you know, and in a way that they didn't really deal with Richard Brooks as Robinette back in 1990. Right. You'll remember that Robinette was Stone's assistant DA. And there was a whole thing where Stone would say, uh, are you a DA who's black or a black man mm. who's a DA? As if, there's, as if you had a choice. Right. Yeah. yeah. You got to pick one or the other. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a complex time. And I think that even though, as it's been pointed out by smarter people than I, that SVU is an imperfect vehicle for this kind of conversation, I think it's worthy of having Finn be more than just one-dimensional yeah. when it comes to, to this reality. Yeah. He yeah. loves the job. He takes pride in being a black man. You know, there's from a dramatic standpoint, there's stuff to work with there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm going to be honest, though. Yeah. I really just want to see his all red apartment again. I know that you're with trying that to black leather sectional. <laughs> I know. I know. Fuck yeah. I know you're trying to go somewhere deep with this. But when I think about just sort of like what they're doing with Finn, all I can think of is this is a man who lives in an apartment where the walls and ceiling are painted red. Yeah. You know, the other secret that he gave away many, many years ago, Mary, was. What's that? He's a Republican. That's right. Oh, that's right. <laughs> he's a Republican. Yeah. I, I, I bet he's not you think anymore. He still is. Yeah, I, I, I feel just... like he may have changed. He may have changed. But again, like he's he is a multi. He is a man of many mysteries, of many layers, yeah. many questions. The NYPD is incredibly diverse. It always has been. So, like people have been struggling with this stuff long before there was Twitter. You know, like this has been an issue in this city for a long time. We just haven't really seen it on Law and Order exactly. SVU. Um, you know, so they're catching up, maybe, which is great. But you know, it is. Uh, you know, there are a lot of white people in the in the uh, SVU HQ, and I bet um, you know if I were to go down to my local precinct here, uh, that's not what I would see. You know, you know, you know what I'm afraid. You know what I'm afraid is going to happen. What that they're going to be like. 
Okay, we did the Black Lives Matter episodes. We can just yes. move yeah. on. Yeah. I'm yeah. afraid that's going to happen because this is, it's, it's in, you said earlier, Kevin, it's a complex time. It's not a complex time. It's always been a difficult time. We're just starting to pay attention to it. Yeah. Right? yeah. No, I, I agree with that. And yes. I'm afraid that like they'll be like, good, check that box. Mm-hmm. Let's move on and start throwing perps against the wall again. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So in this episode, in the Twitter sphere, uh, there was sort of a kerfuffle about Carisi. Mary, what was that all about? I, I think it was uh, less of a kerfuffle and more of excitement because there was a shot of his new desk, right? In his new office and on yep. the desk, a framed photo of Amanda Rollins. <laughs> oh, really? Whoa. Yeah. How did I miss that? Some some sleuth on Twitter actually went back and figured out that it was from uh, like a couple of years ago. There was a she and she and Carisi and her baby like went on a carousel ride and he had a camera and he was yes. taking pictures. They yes. matched it up. It was a photo from that day and it was the only photo nice. on his desk. So nice. Wow. So Carice has been trying to get it in there forever. Forever. <laughs> Remember when they went on that trip together? Yeah. And they were in that motel and they had that longing look across the motel courtyard. You know what? You're a hell of a partner. You too. No, I mean, you got my back. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. Not just the name. <sighs> I'm beat. Yeah, sure. I'm yeah. Yes. And then she went and slept with someone else at the bar. Yes. <laughs> and somebody with the same kind of mustache she used to have. Yes. Remember when he was there at the birth of her second baby? Yeah. And he was like, you could totally tell he wanted it to be his. And the look Remember on his when he face. went to get her ginger ale because she was going to have indigestion? Exactly. <laughs> you shouldn't be eating that. I'm going to get you ginger ale, right? This steak's going to give you indigestion. Right, right. And then there have been a few times where she refers to him as Dominic. And then he gets this yes. look on his face. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but no, I think we're gonna. I there's. I feel like we're gonna we're gonna see more of that um, in the coming months. That's my prediction. Do you guys remember when we found out that Rollins and Amaro were sleeping together? Which is like a random like scene of like Amaro not wearing a shirt in her apartment. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I love Amanda. I have to yeah. say, I didn't love Amanda when she first came on the show. I hated her hair. I hated her like Georgianess. I hated how she was always like on the uh, pro cop. Like you know, it was a good shooting side, but she's really grown on me over time. She has. And again, they've let her be more complex because for a while she was just like, well, as someone from Georgia, I got to say. And it was like, yeah, okay, we get it. We know. Like, well, where I come from, we don't. Yeah, yeah, I know. But you're here now. You've been here for three years. Calm down. Exactly. So uh, I like that we've gotten to know her better. And I'm glad that Sonny's gotten to know her better, too. Mm. (laughs) You think think he hits a vape when they're done? No. Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait. You look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money. A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. All right, let's take a look at the real-life story that inspired this episode. It's time for Rip from the Headlines. You think you know who did it. You think you know who did it. But you don't know who did it. You don't know who did it. Rip from the Headlines. This episode seeks to spotlight the rise in family violence as the result of COVID-19 lockdowns. When governments worldwide issued emergency shelter-in-place orders in March of 2020, few contingencies were established for people who were unsafe at home. While some hunkered down with jigsaw puzzles and new hobbies, for some, the prospect of being kept in isolation for weeks with an abusive spouse or parent was terrifying. The unintended consequences for abuse victims have been many. Stress often made violence more frequent. Victims lacked the privacy often needed to ask for help. Unemployment limited opportunities to get away. While in quarantine, fewer people could visit victims to check on them or discover new abuse. 61% of women in the UK living with an abuser reported increased violence during lockdown. 
France reported domestic violence cases rose 36% and incidents in one Chinese city doubled. US hospitals said the number of victims turning up at ERs also worsened. Advocates are learning to adapt to the challenge, but say the conditions created by home isolation have spawned a pandemic within the pandemic. Okay, so how do you amplify the importance of lockdowns, staying at home, flattening the curve, Mm. with the importance of keeping people safe, recognizing that there are people who are not safe in their homes, and that would be a really bad thing? How do you amplify one without diminishing the other? I do think that they're both equally important. And I think that, you know, I know that the domestic violence shelters here in New Hampshire are sort of putting out the call very early that this is going to be a very rough time. And I don't know. I mean, I think that's a, a it's a conundrum. But I mean, you'd like to think that if a woman needed to get out of a situation that she wouldn't be shamed for doing so uh, because of the pandemic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that um, while it's obvious, it's, you know, unquestionably we needed mitigating measures like a lockdown, that that was very important, that it just seemed to leave few options for somebody who needed to get away from an abuser. And it was, I think that there are people that are, you know, saying things like, oh, well, you know, the, we shouldn't go into lockdown because the, you know, the suicide rate is going to go up and all these other things. And there may be some truth to that. I feel like they're saying that not as people who are sincere about lockdowns in the first place. I mm-hmm. think they're just using that unfortunate consequence of something that massive in order to argue against it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it would be nice if we had a functioning social safety net. I do think that it was interesting. Yeah, that, that's all we really needed. Yeah. That's really that's really the solution here. But, you know, I thought it was interesting that they, they did the only time they kind of mentioned that dynamic was was from the school nurse. And it was interesting because the kids seemed to be uh, in in school. They seemed to be going to school and not learning <laughs> yeah, right, right. At, at home. Um, but I know, but that is, a, I mean, that is really fascinating. And I wish they'd gotten into that more, which is that, especially here in New York, public schools are no longer schools, right? They are a source of food. They're a source of health care. They're a source right. of dental care, mental health care, everything. And if a child is being abused, it's likely that it's a teacher or somebody at school that's going to be the first to yes. to, to notice that. And yeah. to have the resources in place to deal with it. And so they're being asked to do all of this. And when the school shut down, that was a huge, huge concern was just access, I mean, to to basic needs like that, because a lot of kids can't get them anywhere else. And it, I, it would have been interesting to see a little more of that, but they just had the kids being in school anyway. Um, yeah, which which, you know, again, like it didn't that seemed like um, a missed opportunity to really talk about something yeah. important. The other thing that I was wondering about was we know around the timing of the filming of the episodes because all the actors and writers were tweeting about filming these episodes. Like yeah. I was really surprised that they had the kids in school because the schools were open for like three weeks yeah. in New York or whatever. And I don't think they were open when they were filming these episodes. But no, but were- restaurants are. So they should have school in restaurants. <laughs> yeah. Teach the kids to be chefs. Why yeah, not? yeah, tip twenty percent when you do yeah. that. But I think Mary's right, you know, about the just total lack of a social safety net. Anyway, I mean, if there's one, I don't want to say upside. If there's a silver lining, it's that a lot of our social problems are being so highlighted by the pandemic: the disparities in income, the childcare issues, uh, stuff around Access domestic to violence. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's so highlighted that it's. I mean, I'm hoping. If nothing else, that what comes out of this is that some of these disparities are better addressed because we have now been at a point where they are untenable. And this is one of those disparities for sure. Yes. Yes. So while we were in lockdown as Americans, many of us decided that it was time to take up a hobby or something that we never thought we would do and never have the time to do. And now we've all given up on whatever that stupid thing was. <laughs> Mary, what was it when you were in lockdown? What did you What did you think that you were going to do to pass the time and change your life? I, I had no illusions about that because I became overnight. Uh, uh, I don't want to say I was a teacher because I, that gives short shrift to my kids' teachers, but I was a teacher's assistant, if you will. And yes, oh, was, yeah. let me say this. There's a reason I did not pursue elementary education as a career. It is because Same. I suck at it. Um, and so and so having to suddenly be a, a, a kindergarten and now first grade teacher's assistant uh, really, really took the wind out of my sails. Um, so I, yeah. I did not go through a thing where I was like, oh, I'm going to learn to make bread. Are you kidding? It was like, <laughs> oh, fuck those we, people. <laughs> we lived it is boxed mac and cheese or we starve. That is it. Um, I have been taking more Xanax lately, so I don't know if that counts as a hobby. Oh. 
But yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's my hobby, I guess. <laughs> you know what mine has been? What's what? that? I've become an excellent and proficient and frequent Amazon shopper. Just oh, buying yeah. things all the time. Stuff just shows up. I don't even remember buying it. It's been pretty incredible. It's good for the economy. <laughs> I will say, you know, now, now that I can look out the window, I know that almost all of the traffic in my neighborhood is either the FedEx guy the or the guy. UPS guy or the, the Amazon guy. truck. Yep. Or the, yeah. 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 They're all coming here, baby. Yep. They're all coming here. Uh, I, mine was obviously uh, doing jigsaw puzzles. Yes. And, you know, got through one big one. And then, you know, the weather got warm. And, uh, yeah, I haven't opened any more jigsaw puzzles. Go sleep on the deck. That's right. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I knew a lot of people who did one jigsaw puzzle. Yeah, yeah. we well, we bought thirty from yeah, Amazon. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going to do it for us. We want to thank our guest Mary Phillips Sandy. Mary, where can our listeners follow you online? I am on Twitter at Mary PS. Uh, that's primarily where I'm active. Oh, can I can I plug something real quick? Uh, of course. Okay, so I contributed a chapter to a book that is out now. It's an anthology based on a horror uh, horror podcast called Video Palace. Um, there was a Shutter production, really, really creepy podcast. There is now an anthology out based on that podcast, and I have the very last chapter in the book that will get you up to date on everything that has happened since the podcast story ended. So if you are a fan of Video Palace, the podcast... Please go check out the book. It is also called Video Palace, and it's really awesome. creepy. It's really creepy. I say that like I wrote it, and I'm I'm really creeped out by what I wrote. But don't read it in the bathtub. <laughs> Do not read it in the bathtub. Not near any any appliances. Yeah. Rebecca Lavoie, how can our listeners follow you? On Twitter and Instagram, I'm at Reb Lavoie. And you can track me on Twitter at Kevin P. Flynn. You also can tweet to us at Law and Order Pod or follow us on Instagram at These Are Their Stories Podcast. Our newsreader was Cy Freighter. Our theme music was composed and performed by Uncanny Valleys. To get ad-free episodes of These Are Their Stories a week early, sign up for Stitcher Premium. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act Fair Use Exemption for criticism and commentary. Special thanks to the elite squad of the Law & Order Wiki community for preserving the evidence. Go to lawandorderpodcast.com sign up for our newsletter for a chance to be our next Law & Order Marathon winner. These Are Their Stories was recorded in the Yoga Loft above the Bodega in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi studio and is a production of Partners in Crime Media. Partners in Crime Media. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.